Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. Thank you so much for joining us today or whenever you're listening to the Get Home Safe podcast. Always appreciate the listenership, the support. Uh, I got to tell you guys, you know, I, I typically record the day before, right? If, if the, I try to release the episodes in a timely manner, I want them out at 5 a.m. Pacific time for those early risers who like to uh, who make who make the conscious decision actually to to tune into the Get Home Safe podcast to start the day their day. God bless those people. Uh, there's there's only a couple of you, but I, I'm glad to to get the podcast out bright and early so that people have the opportunity to listen. And so sometimes I record maybe I don't know the morning before the morning, right? Maybe Tuesday morning or or whatever. Um, even Monday mornings, as far as like. Um, I'm talking about like a Wednesday episode here. Um, but man, a lot of times I'll record super late and, and after work, right? After it's all said and done so that you guys hear this stuff first thing. And man, after to, <laughs> today was quite a day. I'm, it's Tuesday night. I'm recording pretty late. Got home from work. And, and you know, if you guys ever had just one of those days, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure anyone who's lived long enough on this earth has had days that not only will never end, but just everything goes goes wrong. Much like the Dallas Cowboys, as Stephen A. Smith says, what can go wrong will go wrong. And uh, I, it was just one of those days today. I I just, I was n- not in a good mood after a few negative things happened. Uh, the people I worked with, the the my actions, their actions, everything, just everything possible. It was just a rough day today. So I was like, you know what? I have to record the intro to Wednesday's podcast. This should be interesting when I get home tonight. But in my rage throughout the day, I wrote down a couple things, and I think I came up with a good analogy or two about a couple uh, just random thoughts I had on my head, top of my head, excuse me. Anyway, it's pretty late Tuesday night. I'm finally home. I'm calm. Uh, I feel a little better now that I'm here chatting with you guys, so I have a few random thoughts. I did record with Bill Barnes, actually. Uh, Tuesday morning to start my day. So that was that was rather fun, a rather spirited conversation with Bill Barnes. We chat about the big trade with the Lions and the Rams. We talk about vaccines. Uh, we talk about uh, government, of course, just more, more, more of the same and, and some new things too. So that was a good start to the day. And then I just went and uh, that was... <laughs> That was the beginning of the end, really, because it was just uh, down the tubes from there. But much like when I was umpiring baseball, uh, I, I I understood that hey, tomorrow's a new day, and that was the biggest lesson I learned in baseball. You know, you you're behind the plate, you're strapped up, just having a miserable night. Every pitch seems like a uh, a, a golf ball. Uh, and then you know, there are days when the, the you see the ball well. It seems like a beach ball out there, but 
you know, you just feel everything's going wrong. You can't wait to be done. And that's how I felt about today. So the good, good, the good news is tomorrow's a new day. Hopefully it gets better and uh, things can't get worse. And if things do get worse, well, at least you're a little more prepared for it after uh, the experience. So, so that happens. That's life, right? And at times the really good days come on, come in too. And you just, you can't miss, right? Even Matt Hersham, I can't miss uh three pointers. Uh, every, every, I talked to my good friend, Devin Drain, who, who's a big uh, listener to this podcast. I found out the other day. Uh, he, and I knew he was, I knew he was, but I know every uh, leap year or every, every few years, uh, you know, even someone like me who was not a, a shooter by any means couldn't miss just uh i'd get hot at the right time you know what i mean big title games big uh, tournament championship games anyway i want to i won't bore you guys with that stuff uh great conversation with bill barnes upcoming but a few things off the top of my head before we get to bill uh first of all you know lebron james was in a confrontation with a a young lady the other night and then the 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 fan was ejected from the arena and she said some things that were not appropriate of, of course but i want to know if lebron james you know, who's been very critical of leaders and people in high positions. And I want to know if he's going to apologize for some of the language that he used in the video. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but you can hear the audio pretty well. And, and I'm not excusing the things that um, the female fan said. Completely unacceptable stuff. But what about LeBron James? What about some of the language? How about uh, how he referred to a woman? I mean, I, I find it hard to believe in 2021 that someone of his, uh, you know, popularity and uh his status that that he would refer to a woman that way that seems completely unacceptable and i just want to know if there's going to be any kind of uh um uh, what, what's the word what are they always a uh, sensitivity training i want to know if there's going to be any kind of uh you know any any rehabilitation for some of the language he used towards towards a woman i mean i thought it was i mean are we going to be consistent with this stuff or not that's all i want to know are we going to be consistent? I say, I say it at least once a week. That should be the new name of the podcast: consistent, uh, inconsistently consistent, or whatever. LeBron James, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I will not uh, shy away from this. You guys know I am not a LeBron James fan. Uh, when he came to Lakers, I was devastated, and then the NBA, I could care less about any of it now because of a lot of the things they stand for or don't stand up against, you know, uh, but, but I, won't, I won't get into that. LeBron James, very inappropriate. I'll, I'll await your apology. I'm not going to hold my breath because I don't want to, you know, uh, suffocate myself, but I find it rather hypocritical, LeBron. You, you, yes, you were, you were referred to uh, from a fan who was saying some things they probably shouldn't have, but what about your language? I thought you were this big role model. Is that how role models talk to talk to fans, talk to spectators? And don't tell me you were you felt threatened by by a young lady. Really, you felt threatened, so you thought you could just say whatever you wanted. Where's the consistency, LeBron? Where's the consistency? Shouldn't you be hold, held to a higher standard? I don't think that's appropriate. And again, I'm not defending the female fans' actions. She was she, she was out of line. Probably drank too much and. Um, Said some a lot of things she shouldn't have said. But LeBron James, come on now. Um, first of all, I think you need some thicker skin. Uh and, and but but if you if if not, that's fine. Um I, I think some of the things you said to uh to a female are you you went you went uh, out of bounds a little bit. No pun intended. Anyway, I'll move on from that. Everyone uh, 
keep keep your social media ready. Uh, keep looking at refresh all your social media guys and look for that LeBron James apology. I, I doubt it comes, but you never know. Um, let's see. You know what? Something uh, uh, something I tell my buddies and and I have a few of these as well. Um, and and I'm gonna say this now while I can because who knows? It's 2021. In another year, we might not even be able to say this. Could be offensive in itself. Uh, man card violations. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, you know, a guy does something and you're like, Oh, come on, man, man card violation. As an example, um, you carry your lady's purse at the mall. Okay. Holding it for a brief second while they, I don't know, do something. But if you're carrying the purse, uh, come on, man, come on. I have told Valerie that she's like, here, hold this. I'm like, Oh, hold it. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not traveling any amount of distance with this in my hand. No, 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 no. It's not how this, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Sure, I'll hold it for you. But that's about it for and 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 the the twenty one the twenty four second shot clock is going. If you know what I mean, no shot clock violations here. So, uh, y- y- that's an example of a man card violation. I I I heard one the other day or saw one. I, you know, I was listening to one of my favorite sports talk radio shows, and I love it because he goes into all other it's all, all other kinds of topics and things, and he starts talking about the Bachelor. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is why people are not perfect. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're a grown man and you watch The Bachelor. Listen, I know there's some married guys out there who who probably are forced to watch this with their wives or whatever. I, however you need to phrase it. If you are a grown man and you like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or whatever these stupid shows are, if you like that stuff, you got some issues. And And hey – to each his own, but that's a man card violation. I heard that today, and I was like, guys who watch The Bachelor, oh, you know what? Man card violation. Can't have it. And and do I have man card violations uh, daily? Maybe not daily, but every now and then. Yeah, when, when I can't uh, hang a picture straight, I can't use a screwdriver correctly or build anything. Yes, big time man card violations. And I'm trying to get better at them. And, and again, the first step to improving on a problem is admitting admitting you have one. So, uh, certain areas, if you guys think of some man card violations, send them my way. I mean, let's have some fun with this. Uh, while we can still say, uh, you know, males are supposed to do these things or whatever, because uh, I think a, a grown man, a male that watches the bachelor, uh, man, you, you might be, uh, you, you might be this wonderful person and, uh, you know, achieve great things and done more than I'll ever do in life. But I can promise you this. I will never watch the bachelor or the bachelorette. Won't happen. Not happening. Okay. Send me some man card violations that you guys see. Uh, Will Tarico, I love you. Uh, I know you're a big selfie stick guy. I I think the selfie stick thing is that. I, I don't know. Hey, I'm not married. I'm not, I'm not those things, but mm, the selfie stick to me, that's a man card violation. I'm sorry, buddy. I love you. You're a great listener to the program. Um, you're, you're wonderful, but I don't, I don't know the selfie stick. It doesn't sit well with me. That's just my opinion. I'm still allowed to have those in the in uh, in 2021 for now until they're outlawed, and, and uh, I will continue to uh, try to get those out here. But yeah, the selfie stick. I don't know. That's another one. What's a what's another one we can think? Okay, Bill Bards. I'll 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 attack him a little bit. Bill Bards uh, and not wearing socks with tennis shoes. Man card violation. Come on, Bill. You've been on this earth long enough. Wear socks with tennis shoes for God's sake. And then you wear your little sweats like they're like capris. No grown man should wear capris either. I'm sorry. Can I say that? Is that wrong? I know that's not uh, 
woke or fashionable or what. I don't know what. I, I, guys, it's late. I've had a, I've had a long day. Okay, I'm just letting it all out right now. Please don't don't arrest me or like accuse me of. Uh, I, I don't even know what you would accuse me of. Bill Barnes, wear some socks. He won't do it. I know he won't. That's a man card violation. Come on, be better than that. Be better than that, Bill. I love you, but come on, man. Anyway, uh, okay, last thing. And again, I've rambled a little bit here, but um, it's my show, so I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to be a little selfish at times. That's okay. Um, okay, so have you guys, you guys have been in relationships. I know you have. Many guys out there, many girls out there, whatever. You know, and you fall in love with someone. You really like them, whatever. And you tell yourself, well, there's a few things I don't like, but I can't change who they are to their core, right? Maybe there's some things I'd like them to improve on and I hope they improve on, but I can't change the big things, right? Valerie knows I'm going to watch football during football season. She knows that. She knows that I'm a little bit of a lunatic about my Rams. She knows that uh, uh, I like to come home and I. it's hard for me to walk away from like dirty dishes. Like I, I need the kitchen a certain way. She's really great about vacuuming. Um, we all have our things that might be characteristics that we don't, um, I don't know. They're not great moments or or great characteristics necessarily, but you hope that the big picture is good, right? So when you're dating somebody, you know, and you truly love them, you, you, you kind of ignore some of the small things, but the big picture, right? The big picture is what matters. And if you truly love someone, you don't want to change them because then what are you saying about your judgment? You're saying, well, I love this person, but I'm going to change exactly who they are. I want to change who they are, right? If you truly love somebody, why would you want to change them? Maybe it's blind love. I don't know. I mean, maybe you wish they uh, didn't leave their socks on the ground or maybe, you know, maybe you wish they didn't leave toothpaste in the, in the sink or whatever. Those are small things that like you bite your tongue. Maybe you hope they improve on, maybe you voice your opinion on, but ultimately you're like, okay, you, you also learn to compromise, right? Compromise, I think, is a big part of relationships. I'm no expert. Me and Valerie have been together a, a few years now, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely no, no love expert or relationship expert. But this whole concept got me thinking because we live in a country today where people claim they love this country, yet think about it. They're, they're constantly trying to change it. They want to change the core the core values of the country. For example, the country's founded on, uh, you know, you know, on Christian principles. And all you ever hear now is, oh, separation of church and state, get rid of everything. We want uh, the, the foundation, the founding fathers, get rid of all of them. Get rid of all of that. I mean, it's like, well, that's kind of important. It's kind of a core foundation of, of America, right? You don't have to love everything about it, but it's like, why would you want to change something, radically change something that you allegedly love so much? Can you imagine going on a few dates with someone and be like, hey, I really, I, I love you. I really, really, I, I love you. Um, but I'm going to need you to change your views on a certain subject. I'm going to need you to um, always have, uh, I don't know, always have dinner ready at this hour. Uh, you need to uh, always take your two days off. You need to always do this. Dude, I can't even think of examples because it's such an extreme viewpoint. 
But yet in America today, we we constantly see the claims of, oh, we love America too. We're patriots as well. Yet you want to radically change it. I'm not talking about little things. I'm not talking about little laws. For instance, I love football. All right. And every year in every sport, I found this out in officiating, there's always little rule changes. There's, there's rule changes that, that come up every year. But there's nothing that really transforms the entire game. There might be rules that people don't like, and those even a trial period, they go away after a year or two. All right. We see that in America. Maybe there's some things, policies that we try out. Okay. Maybe not. Let's not, let's, uh, that was a bad idea. But to radically change the country, that is something that I think some people really, really want to do. And I think deep down, it's not because they love America, it's because they hate America. They hate that America is the freest country on the planet. They hate that America has done so many great things for the world. Has it done bad things? Yes, it has. But when you focus on the negativity of something, that's kind of on you. And if you don't, if you, if it's too, if something, somebody, for instance, back to the dating analogy, is too much negativity, then you should break up with them. You shouldn't try to, uh, you know, say you love them and then want them to change everything about them. You should break up with them. And in the case of hating America, you should go to another country, leave this country. Don't try to change this country. That doesn't make any sense to me. The radicalism that we're seeing, you know, that the, the, the anti-American crowd, the, the blame America first crowd, all these terrible things America has done, the exact opposite of patriotism and, and loving and being proud of your country. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me how you could say you love someone so much and then, huh, hey, change everything about yourself, please. I'm not talking about, hey, do the dishes more or, hey, be nice to get some flowers. I'm not talking about small things that, yeah, would be nice to change, would be nice to see some improvements, whatever. I'm talking about changing everything about somebody that you allegedly love. I don't think you truly love somebody or a country or anything for that matter if you want to radically change it. That's just me. That's just me. Um, think about it. Tell me what you guys think. I, I love analogies. I love uh kind of just conversation starters, just again, random thoughts. Sometimes I ramble too long. Sometimes I don't make any sense. And so I love hearing feedback from you guys. Uh, and, and we can keep the analogy going if you want. I mean, uh, I used to, in high school and, and even college, my buddies, it's all I did was speak in analogies. We try to come up with codes and different things. And it was, it was so fun to see how far we could take things. So anyway, that's, uh, that's my big thing for, for, for tonight as I record. And uh, this episode will be out tomorrow. Let me guys know what you think. All right, time to get to Bill Barnes. You guys tune in to hear him. I, I know he, he's uh, the co-host on Wednesdays, but he's, he's the main attraction. He, I get it. I get it. I understand. No, no big deal. Uh, I started this thing, but uh, Bill Barnes has really taken us to a whole new level. And so we are going to have our, uh, man, how many episodes of Bill and I recorded here? It's, it's 44 episodes. We've, this is our, uh, this is our 45th episode. We are uh, releasing today. Pretty awesome stuff. Uh, happy to do it. Every week's uh, a fun time with my good friend, Bill Barnes. All right, enough out of me. Uh, let's uh, get to the interview Bill and I recorded on Tuesday morning. And uh, you know what, guys, everybody, happy Wednesday out there. It's another weekly Wednesday way in with the one and only Bill Barnes.
It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, I'm joined once again by Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. We are recording Tuesday morning. We have our coffee in front of us. Uh, all is well. And uh, we're going to start today off with a little coffee story, I think. I was notified by Mr. Bill Barnes uh, about a product that I think he, I thought he created, but in fact, uh, had not been on the market yet. Good morning, Bill Barnes. Good morning. Good morning. Um before we start, I've got to give a shout out to my friend, Jerry Aldini. Yes, sir. Mr. Aldini, even though he's probably uh, not ranked real high amongst the his, his department where he works, I won't mention his department, but it's a very large department in the county of L.A. Uh, he has now been assigned to Central Homicide. Step aside, homicide. Yes. So a big, I mean... I told him yesterday when he called me, I said, well, then I guess I need somebody to carry a clipboard and some pencils <laughs> and, and, you know, hold the easel during presentations. I said, you know, it's a good thing that, you know, it's probably good that, that he worked homicide because um, the victims can't talk back. So he will not garner the complaints that he once has throughout his career. So <laughs> a shout out to my pal Aldini. Yeah. We're going to spend the next uh, years of his, of his, uh, of his career, um, you know, working, uh, being the murder police. So. Wow. Cheers. Wow. Yeah. They are, they are in good hands, uh, with whoever is Aldini's partner. And, if you, uh, if you die in the city of Los Angeles in the central bureau area, chances are your murder is not going to be solved. <laughs> oh, desperate times call for desperate measures. Hey, you, Hey, if you want to defund the police, this is what happens guys. This is what happens. You put, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You put uh, you put uh, one of the three Stooges in a in a in a in the homicide unit, and uh, you know, I mean, all it can't get any worse than this. Oh boy! Wow. Well, that yeah, absolutely. Big congratulations to uh, to uh, Aldini. Wow, I can't even believe that. Yeah, that's funny stuff. Uh, Bill, when I uh, everyone knows the story, I think when I moved in with you for a short time in 2016, the year of our Lord. Uh, one of the first mornings I came down and you were pouring Coca-Cola into your coffee. And I thought I had moved in with a, uh, a, a you know, a serial killer, a lunatic. I was partially right. Uh, you notified me earlier this week that uh, your Coca-Cola was just a little behind the times. They have released in the United States a Coca-Cola with coffee in it. Uh, I don't know how that's going to taste, but I mean, what do you think? You were the pie. I thought you were the pioneer of this product. I thought I was too. I, I, I'm probably going to sue them for copyright uh, infringements. And you're going to be my witness that I thought of it, you know, five years ago, way before <laughs> these slapdicks did. And, um, you know, I want a little piece of the pie. I oh, want a little bit yeah. of profit. Oh, you should. I mean, you're, you were pouring Coca-Cola into hot coffee because uh, you didn't have any sugar. And I thought that was hilarious. And then this is apparently Coke's got some, uh, these drinks come in cold can. I, I, I don't, I don't do the whole cold coffee thing. I don't understand it, but anyway. I don't do cold coffee either. I do hot coffee with a little bit of cream. And if you do not have sugar or some type of sweetener, Coca-Cola <laughs> will, will uh, 
absolutely suffice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's funny stuff. Well, I, I like mine uh, strong and black. Uh, Just here. like your women. <laughs> every time, not every time. Anyway, uh, Bill, I see you, you, you're mighty comfortable there uh, in your world football league uh, shirt. That one looks pretty sharp, man. What can you tell me about the world football league? The world football league was a, a league that was uh, developed back in 1974 consisted of a few teams, Birmingham, Memphis, uh, Anaheim, Hawaii. (laughs) Um, Where else? The Chicago Wind, I believe, was one of the teams. Uh, Some teams around uh, the Philadelphia Freedom was one of the teams. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, they they played uh, on weeknights and Saturdays. Wow. Uh, along in the fall, along with the NFL. And, you know, they, they were a wide open passing type league, uh, no fair catches, you know, a lot of, you know, the hype shit that a lot of other uh, league sense have tried to do. Well, you know, it was a good idea and it lasted, it was fun for a while uh, until they started drawing about, you know, 3000 fans a game. And half of those were, you know, buses of uh, senior citizens they'd bring in just to, you know, have a day out of the home or bring in a bunch of kids from a reform school so they'd have something to do that day in this for the as spectators um a few good you know they 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 went they went and landed a couple of uh big nfl players during that time calvin hill who was a running back for the cowboys um you know some other guys that they had signed uh, to go play never came to fruition the league folded after like two seasons Mm. Well, one of the teams, one of the teams, the Hawaiians, and I think I've touched on this in prior shows. One of the teams, the Hawaii, they were called the Honolulu Hawaiians. So they really, really went stretched into their, into their, um, into their um, thought provoking minds to come up with a, a team name. Yeah. You know, and they trained at UC Riverside when I was a freshman, oh, yeah. my freshman and sophomore year. So that's where I met Pete Carroll. He was a, a, a defensive back trying to get on the team. Um, their quarterback was a pretty good quarterback who later on played in a Super Bowl with the Broncos, came in and relieved Craig Morton because he was horseshit that day through five interceptions. Uh, Norris Weiss. The, the sad thing about Norris Weiss is he died a very young guy, about 43, of a brain tumor. And uh, he was a really nice, nice guy. I remember talking to him. Um, their coach was a guy named Mike Giddings. Mike Giddings was a, uh, a, uh, a linebacker coach later on with the 49ers. And he was the one who gave Matt Millen, he did Matt Millen's uh, introductory speech into the Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. So th- they had some pretty good, you know, they had some names in that league. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> uh, Todd Marinovich's dad was the uh, strength and conditioning coach he was quite a quite a bizarre dude. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he just died. He just died recently. Mm-hmm. Marv Marinovich. So um, they had some, you know, there was some names in there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that you know the World Football League, the USFL, the XFL, the American Alliance. Uh, they, they always come out as this great idea, and they can never quite compete, even if they're going up directly against the NFL or if they're playing in the off season. I don't know why kind of a minor league football thing can't really take off and be successful. 
because you're always, always in the shadow of your big brother, the NFL. Mm-hmm. And everybody compares it to that. I guess. Um, I think the the USF or what was the one that the XFL had a great shot if it wasn't for Vince McMahon trying to make it into, you know, the the uh, WWF. You know, <laughs> yeah. that was a pretty good brand of football. I thought mm-hmm. they had a pretty good brand out there, but they tried to, you know, make it into, you know, something that rivaled um, you know, the the world wrestling, even, you know, having Stephanie McMahon as a <laughs> sideline announcer i mean come on all kinds you know and they had you know chicks in hot tubs in the end zone you know i mean you know just let them play let's play football come on yeah no i'm with you well bill uh i touched on this with my brother quite a bit on monday but uh huge news huge breaking news on saturday night something i know you'd have a few words to uh to say about uh, and you texted me Saturday night too, as it was happening. Um, Matthew Stafford, the Lions quarterback, former Lions quarterback, is headed to Los Angeles to uh, play for the Rams. And the guy you've been very critical of, Jared Goff, he's headed to Detroit, Michigan, alongside uh, the Rams. Two first-round picks from the Rams. Uh, initial thoughts on the big trade? I think it's a it's a good trade for the Rams. You got rid of a, a lifeless, carefree, not give a shit. Um, I don't care if we win or lose. I throw five interceptions. You don't know. You don't, you, you can't look at it. I, I can't, you know, I, Mr. No emotion, uh, Jared Goff to Detroit to a guy who could come out who's, who's been, you know, foaming at the mouth to be on a winning team. Stafford. I think it's a great trade for the Rams. I think Stafford will be able to adjust to the, to the, uh, offensive, uh, genius of, uh, of, uh, John or, uh, uh, Sean McVay, Sean McVay. Yeah. I think he'll be a much added strength to the Los Angeles Rams. And I think Jared Goff in two years will be out of football and he'll be, uh, he'll be a uh, color commentator in the PAC 12 network <laughs> and you'll never hear of him again. He'll be, well, he'll be one of the biggest busts, busts since Ryan Leaf. In so, my opinion. Okay. So let me ask you that. Um, can you real, okay. Ryan leaf obviously is a huge bust. No success. Really. Can you really consider a guy like it, Let's say Jared Goff does nothing else with his career. C- can you really consider him a bust when he, when he's taking a team to a super bowl, when you're paying him that kind of money, when you've given him everything, but the, uh, the, the, uh, team bus. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it, he did, he wasn't paid Came that far much. short. Came was, far short. Okay, he wasn't paid that money until until uh, years of work, right? Until he'd been to a Super Bowl. Most quarterbacks don't get that that first big contract after their rookie contract until they've actually done something. So I'm not going to say Jared Goff is you know a top ten guy. I, I definitely don't think he's a bottom ten guy either. I mean, he he played his way into that contract. So did Carson Wentz. Um, and both guys seem to be on the uh, the back nine already of their short careers. So, uh, a former first first overall pick, Bill, kind of heading uh, in a different direction. You think he's going to fold in Detroit? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, they'd have been better off bringing back Dieter Brock. Okay. <laughs> Dieter Brock, remember him? He took no. him to a championship game. <laughs> he took him to a championship game in '85, and the Bears destroyed him. Well, the 85 Bears, come on, Bill. They right. would have 
they would have beat anybody uh yeah. defense yeah wasn't that game like nine nothing or something no it was something no. or the bears it was put a little, something a little more uh, substantial okay uh, yeah nine nothing was the win when uh the rams beat the bucks in 79 to go to the super bowl in the 80 super bowl they beat tampa bay nine nothing three riverside owned 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 frank corral field goals <laughs> frank corral wait he was from riverside yes oh no yeah oh that's awesome you got all these yeah. riverside connections bill mm-hmm. frank corral yeah that's pretty funny yeah frank corral let me tell you a funny story about frank frank uh his senior year at ucla kicked off against the university of houston he thought he was a tough guy he went down to try to make a tackle he got blocked and he got his jaw broken he was out <laughs> for like seven weeks the ramp carol rosenblum came into his hospital bed and told him i don't care if they knock your head off if you can if you can never eat drink or speak again i'm gonna draft you and rosenblum was true to his word drafted him and he became a pretty good kicker for the rams wow Wow, look at all this history we got here. This yeah. is outstanding. Well, um, uh, some of the things you said about Stafford, I, I agree. I didn't like the trade off the bat. I thought they gave up too much. Stafford well, is okay. First of all, when's when do okay, when does a draft pick ever come to fruition? Draft picks are for trade bait, and that's exactly what they used it for. And that's you know, bravo to the Rams. I've never seen a draft picks pan out to be all this and all that. Very few and far between. Uh, yeah, guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, they, they weren't first round picks or anything. Um, were they and, and okay, but here's my point <laughs> were they Rams? Uh, were they Don- Rams? Donald was, yes, Ramsey. Okay. There's Ramsey. one, there's one, Jer- uh, Jalen Ramsey sure as fuck wasn't. No. They traded for him, yeah. No, okay. I, I, that's my point. If you can use your first round picks to draft something that's proven or to draft to, to trade for something that is proven for somebody that's proven that yes, I agree with you. So and that's uh, what the Rams did. They've, they've got a proven quarterback now. Well, somebody that can come in and get the job done. Yeah. And, and you're right in the sense that he is hungry because he's been playing for a bad football team for 12 years. So uh, he's, people are critical of him, but man, he's been on bad teams. I think he's hungry. And, and he was playing with a bunch of quadriplegics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, man, give him some talent around him. Yeah. You know, he was the Detroit Lions, for God's sakes. I guess that's the argument in the sense that you look at Jared Goff and he had a bunch of talent around him and he was struggling. Matthew Stafford never had much around him and he's, you know, so if nothing else, it's a little bit better at the position with more experience. Um, but I, do, I think you're right, Bill. I think Stafford's going to shine with McVeigh. Apparently, there's <laughs> there's some connections there, family wise, and they were both in the uh, they were both in Mexico at the time of the trade. Uh, ran, happened to run into each other with their their ladies and uh, had dinner. Did to Stafford say? Did Stafford say he wanted to pipe uh, uh, <laughs> Don's lady too, like like idiot Goff did? I don't. I haven't. I haven't seen that text message confirmed. But yeah, well, that's probably not a good thing to say about your head coach. I mean, think it. Think it, but don't say it. (laughs) You know, saying you want to fuck the boss's wife never works works out for anybody. No, 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 absolutely not. And and I think McVeigh's been a very patient guy and thrown his support around Jared. But and 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 really, Bill, when McVeigh got there, Jared Goff took off. The whole team did really, but Goff really good in seventeen, really good in eighteen, and then last year and this season just started to regress. People figured him out and. 
I don't think much changed as far as McVay's coaching. It was just Jared started to not hold on to the ball and make bad decisions. Well, that's when you look for someone else. I mean, they were, he was going to start that other kid John Wolf in the playoff game. Yeah, I know. When Goff was healthy enough to play, so that that says something. Like it was a built-in excuse almost with the thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, uh, okay, so the, the draft picks. Uh, it, it's something the Rams have clearly uh, made the decision to do. They have not had a first-round draft pick since – uh, Jared Goff in 2016. And this is just the way the Rams have done business. And you can't really argue with the results. They've gone to the playoffs three out of the last four years, five years, whatever it is. They've been successful. They they are able to attract these big free agents, not just because it's LA, but because they pay these guys. So this is really their formula. They don't, they don't really care about first round draft picks. And it seems like uh, they're listening to the, the Bill Barnes school of football. Yeah, I mean, if you have the perfect woman, and she's 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 minus some boobs, you build them. Real simple. You go to you go, you pay three thousand dollars, and you acquire a couple draft picks. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're falling yeah. out of your chair. I can see you laughing. <laughs> you you all... think you have it all, but if you're not content, then you go and you 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 you, you add on. Oh, Bill. Oh, man. Yeah. That, uh, that they, well, and, and the thing with first round draft picks, you got to pay them and you don't know what you're going to get with proven veterans or whatever, you know, kind of their body of work and you, you don't mind paying them. So clearly what the Rams are doing is working. They, I had, a, I had an old friend who I worked with, Justin Camp. He's no longer with us. He passed about six, seven years ago. Great guy. I, I, I saw him one day and I said, Jesus, Justin, your wife's changed a little bit. He goes, and he had this gravelly smoker voice and he says you can't find the perfect woman build one (laughs) this is a cop yeah (laughs) the total cop comment (laughs) build one (laughs) you guys are terrible well i'm excited about the it's not often the rams are on the front page uh especially during super bowl week so i thought that was huge news um over the weekend and hey uh after sleeping on it and talking to you I i like it i think the Rams will be a force to be reckoned with next year. At least I hope. Let's get to well, September. I, I think it, it can't hurt them. No, no, absolutely not. It's not negative at all. Uh, anyway, so long, Jared Goff. Uh, enjoy snowy Michigan. I don't know if that supermodel girlfriend of his is going to follow him to uh, to Detroit. I don't think that's what she signed up for. She's following the money. Don't trust me. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He could, he could look like freaking, you know, um, Igor. And you're, you're real. When you've got eight, nine figure salaries, yeah. you get awful good looking. Oh yeah. 135 million will make anyone attractive. Yeah. yeah uh, he's, he's a beautiful human being. <laughs> Playing in a tough division now. Well, so was the NFC West anyway. Uh, so Bill, you had asked me about vaccines and, and what is taking so long to get uh, vaccines out. And uh, I was wondering the same thing. And uh, I, I then found out that apparently the Biden administration was uh, going ma- to make sure that some uh, terrorists at Guantanamo Bay were going to be issued the vaccine. And then I think it was the Pentagon or someone's like, uh, no, this is, this is a, a bad idea. So what do you make on terrorists being prioritized for the vaccine bill? That, that seems to make a lot of sense. It, 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 it didn't surprise me. It That's doesn't surprise me at all. I, it, I didn't even 
didn't even blink. I mean, the Biden, the Biden administration has got to look at themselves and go, uh, we had people invading the Capitol. We had people coming in here to, 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 to try to, you know, conduct a coup. We need to, we need to figure it out. But mm -hmm. Joe Biden is so goddamn uh, brain dead, he can't figure it out. You'll notice that every time they show that son of a bitch, every time they show him, Kamala's right behind him. Yeah. But the vice president is usually not that, you know, in, in past administrations, they're usually off playing golf or, or uh, you know, doing something somewhere else. But she's right there with him all the time. That's because he is not calling shots. No. He is not calling the shots. There's a there's a there's some type of Democratic committee, some type of person. I'm thinking maybe Pelosi, Schumer. I don't know. They're the ones. He all he is is a spokesman. He is a, he is just a mouthpiece. Yeah. And no, I, it, you know, it, it he's not. You know, I wonder what the you know. I mean, I'm curious how long he's going to last. Well, we, we've talked about that quite often um, here on the show about if it's a year, if it's two. I, I would be shocked if it was longer than a year, uh, because yeah, they clearly want her to uh, to to step in at some point, and uh, I, we shouldn't be surprised when it happens. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Sure. Well, at least at least we're getting one brain dead idiot <laughs> out. That's Newsom. He's going to get recalled, and yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to. I want to. Uh, I am a fair and balanced uh, person here. I want to. I want to uh, throw shame on a couple multiple presidents for this because I, I just realized that uh, one of the masterminds behind the 9/11 attacks, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, he's in Guantanamo Bay. He's been there since 2003. Um, they, there's been this big delay on his trial, I guess. And I don't know why something like this has taken so long. I don't care what the excuse is. So President Bush, President Obama, President Trump, uh, all three of you should have at some point made this a priority for this guy to go on trial and be executed. And there's been this delay. And now the Biden administrator wanted to give him a vaccine so that they can uh, uh, execute him or that they can do the, uh, the trial. And I just think it's all ridiculous. Anyway, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. I agree with you 100%. I'll say this. They, in the last, what, uh, 18 years, this guy's been sitting in a cell, right? Mm -hmm. Living three meals a day, you know, enjoying the nice warm Cuban air down there. <laughs> um, and he, nothing has been adjudicated with him, mm -hmm. right? Now, you've got, you talk about fair and what's not fair. You can shoot an unarmed woman breaking a window at the Capitol and kill her, shoot her in the neck and kill her. And that's instant justice. But you can't deal with this fucking asshole that's been rotten away for 18 years. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me where the justice is there. Yeah. She breaks, she breaks a window. She breaks a window. First was of all, armed? was she armed? No. Does she have a bomb strapped to her? No. She broke a fucking window. And the trigger happy cop, whether it was Capitol Police, Secret Service, DC Police, I don't know who it was, uh, decides to shoot her in the neck. Where's the justification? I've yet to see any justification documented where this woman needed to be killed, executed like that. But then again, this other guy can sit in a cell for 18 years and, you know, and he's still breathing. 
Yeah, that's unbelievable. I don't get it. I don't get and, it. And they got to vaccinate him. They're going to vaccinate him so that he is uh, can be can be safe, so that they, they can then execute. You want to talk about a waste of money? Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I won't get too much more. But yeah, uh, come on, United States government, quit. You guys do everything wrong and backwards. And again, I, I'm all th- all three previous administrations to to not address this when it's something that is that is uh, something so severe and serious. Absolutely unacceptable. So I'm uh, other, than, other than Donald Trump, it's really embarrassing to, to look and see that the heart, the person that was the hardest on on terrorists was the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. You know, they went in except for Benghazi, which was a complete clusterfuck. Uh, you know, you know, Obama gives uh, the green light for a, for a kill. Do not take a live mission on on. Uh, on uh, Osama bin Laden, I gotta, I gotta congratulate him on that. No, absolutely. I, I was, uh, you know, people say uh, have told me, oh, you just, you hated Obama. No, no, no. I was, I was uh, ecstatic when he made that decision. When, when, uh, when they went and did that. I mean, people ask me about the Obama administration. I'll say that's, that's the one big thing that always sticks out to me is that the, uh, and was there a delay in saying, <laughs> given the go order, maybe, uh, maybe it could have been done sooner, but ultimately it did get done, and so. Um, very happy about that. So anyway, I can't believe that guy's rotten in, in, in the cell, in a cell still. And that, that, uh, they wanted to vaccinate the guy. Bill, let me ask you why in this country can we mass produce? I don't know much about science or anything for that matter. Why can we mass produce, uh, bad things for us? Like nobody's business. We can mass produce. I'm sure tomorrow Coca-Cola with coffee in it, but we can't mass produce a vaccine and get it out. to. What is so difficult about this? Because our government doesn't want this pandemic to end. They don't want it to end. They want to play along like they want it to end, but they don't. They love the power. They love all this shit. They love to to uh, uh, in, indulge themselves in, in, in being in front of a camera and having the power trip. That's why, that's why politicians get into politics. They love the power. They love the power. And when you have people's lives in your hands, what, 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 what's the, that, is there not any more ultimate power to achieve than that? They don't want it to end. I guess so. I mean, they, they, they're telling us they want us to wear masks for the foreseeable, for the, for the foreseeable future. Well, Bill, not just, not just wear masks. We're two masks. How about this new one? Hey guys, we're two masks now. Three not masks. one, yep. three masks, yep. triple up. Matter, matter of fact, why don't we just, Put uh, cut holes in a hefty bag and walk around in those. I mean, two masks. Uh, okay, I, I was barely hanging on to one mask in this whole this whole thing. Like, okay, now you want people to wear two masks? What? What? what you know, I'm gonna. You know, when when you're when you're when you're vaccinated, and and you, and you, when you've had both shots, and it's been a month, six weeks, you should be fully immune. Why should you have to wear a mask? No, that's the whole point. Yeah. If, if the vaccine, is, I've heard that too. Well, I think Fauci said, didn't he? If you get vaccine, vaccinated, you're going to have to, st- you should still wear a mask. What? Excuse me? How do, it's, what are we doing? Uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I mean, they, they can sure as hell figure out your address to send you, send you your income tax uh, audits. You know? Oh, oh yeah. They can get that out on time, but they mm-hmm. can't dole out this fucking vaccine. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I don't, 
I don't care. I, no one should be forced to take the vaccine in my mind. No, no one that, that, that I am not saying, but people that want it, people that maybe are at a higher risk. Okay. And, and, and did not, uh, you know, was not a mastermind in the nine 11 attacks. Uh, they should be given priority of these things. And when, there's no reason they can't get yeah. out there. When you're 50, 51 years old and you're a first responder or you're a, uh, a, uh, a medical person, great. Quietly get your shot. Don't put it on Facebook. Don't gloat about it. Because my 80-year-old mother has to fight tooth and nail to get a shot. And, you know, there's a lot of elderly people out there that don't know how to work a fucking smartphone, that yeah. don't know how to get on a computer. They know, how to, they know how to pick up a phone, call and make an appointment. They don't have the technical knowledge of a computer and they're the ones that, are, that get that are getting frustrated, falling behind, and not getting the vaccine. They're the ones that need to get it. And all these other um, tech nerds that know how to play the system are cutting in line and getting their fucking shots. Well, bully for you. Good for you. Yeah. You know. Um, you know. Don't gloat about it. Just get your fucking shot and go on your merry way. Yeah, it's 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 so it's so ridiculous. I, I I get so pissed off about this stuff because ultimately it's going to come down to profits for somebody. I mean, yeah, and ultimately herd immunity is what we want. Herd immunity can be done by either getting vaccines or everybody gets it and you become immune. Well, the numbers you know supposedly are staggering. Well, supposedly, yeah. I mean, you know, I. <laughs> It is a real disease and it does affect some people very, very badly. I yes. get it. Yes. Um, you know, we have never, I have two former coworkers at this moment right now that are on ventilators and sedated and, you know, basically on life support and they're, they're not that old mm-hmm. and it's frustrating. It pisses me off. These, these people that are, that are, uh, you know, that are dying. Yeah. Not because not of COVID with it. I get it. But they have, you know, obviously it affects certain people certain ways. Absolutely. And the people that it does affect are the ones we need to put all of our our resources into. I mean, you can't restrict and lock down the general public when uh, quarantining healthy people. I mean, when people do get it, then you need to see, okay, how's this affecting them? Oh, this is bad for them. And, and you, you go in for, for people like that. Someone like you, Bill, you got it. You didn't need a ventilator. You didn't need special treatment necessarily. You fought through it and yeah, it was uncomfortable, but you're right. There are people who do need to be on ventilators who do yeah. need to be in. in yeah. And it seems as though the, the, the press is right. The media is correct. It's affecting minority communities, especially his, Hispanic communities. And they're the ones, you know, living 12, 13 people deep in a house. One person brings it home as a, you know, they're a factory worker or whatever they are working fast food, whatever, or they're, or they're brain science, brain surgeons. Who knows? I don't want to discriminate. Whatever their job is. Tell me the virus home. is racist. The virus yeah. attacks certain yeah. races. Right. Well, oh. it is because they, they come home and, and, and it becomes a super spreader within the house. Mm. Okay. Because it, the people that the, the dense areas in Los Angeles, you know, where it's heavily Hispanic, heavily black, they're the ones getting hit. So let's take, you know, let's take, let's get a, a mobile force together and let's hit the communities that need it the worst. And if they don't want to take it, then fuck them. Not, I think anybody doesn't want, 
<laughs> if you don't want it, fine. Good luck to you. You know what I mean? Like, but if you have some severe health issues and, and this is an option for you, uh, I don't know if it costs money or what the deal is for, for, for people. Um, but yeah, if you want it, take it. If you don't, Hey, good luck, whatever. I mean, if, if, if there was a, a, a vaccine person that knocked on my door right now, I'd stick my arm out and say, here, I'm, yes, I'm even, ready. Do even, it. even though you've already had COVID. Yes, I will do it. I'm, they say, they say that I'm kind of holding out for the one shot Johnson and Johnson one that's supposed to be out in a week or so. Hopefully that's the one I, I'll get. It's just one shot. It's, it's highly successful, you know, and we'll go. I mean, cause my immunity will only last about six months at the okay. most three yeah. to six months. Interesting. Well, as you mentioned, and I don't want to roll my, I don't want to really roll the dice on a second round of this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably accurate. Uh, yeah. Herd immunity, I think is the ultimate goal. I mean, what are you going to vaccinate the entire country? I, I don't think you can do no. that. No. Uh, you know, no. someone would make a pretty hefty profit there too. I'm uh, curious. When do you think, when do you think we're going to have filled stadiums again? Let's see. I think at the latest, at the latest next football season in September, they, they the colleges and the NFL will not stand for another year of empty stadiums. They're not going to, especially college. I bet you college has full stadiums before the NFL does. If, if it comes, if they're not both going in September with full stadiums, uh, which I think they will be, I think college says, screw you. This is huge revenue. Uh, we need this and they're going to do it. I think the NFL would do it before the, before the colleges would, because you remember the colleges have, have, have uh, liberal Birkenstock wearing hairy armpitted uh, uh, college presidents that go with the flow that don't, that are peace and peace and uh, love addict addicts. And they don't want to, you know, ruffle the feathers. Well, I can tell you this. Um, the NFL is 32 teams. And how many of those teams had fans in the stands this year? Uh, half? I, I, no, half I don't maybe? even think a third. I think it was a that third? I thought it was all the Florida team, the three Florida teams, Kansas City. I'm not sure who else after that. Dallas, Dallas had Dallas fans. Uh, had fans. Houston, Houston I had fans. Houston so, had fans. Uh, Texas and Florida. That's weird, crazy, uh, <laughs> understandable. Uh, and then uh, Kansas City. Um, but you look at college football. And when you think of college football, you got to break it down like, okay, the power five conferences versus, you know, SEC, the ACC, the big 12, they all had fans. They had fans, you know, they, they prioritized football. It was the big 10. We'll, and we'll the, see how much political power they have. Cause it's not about safety. It's not going to be about safety. No, it's not going to be about the safety of the public or the fans. It's not safety. Safety science has nothing to do with how this pandemic has been managed. Mm -hmm. It's about the politics political aspect of it and people finally after a year of this bullshit have finally realized that that's why these idiots like newsom and garcetti have no no credibility any longer well what do you make of the reckless behavior bill of states like florida uh, who've opened up and got criticism early and uh, they had a spike in cases now they've kind of flattened out and, and they're fine and they've had people in stadiums they've had restaurants open they've had schools open uh and got criticism and now the media criticism of, of that state specifically uh has kind of gone away and it's like oh oh maybe it wasn't such a bad thing i mean they were hammered for opening up and having people in restaurants and fr from everyone i've heard who, who's gone there and visited there and 
gone to restaurant, there's, there's precautions that are still being taken, but they also understand that life goes on life, life finds a way, right. And you have to eventually open up. And so uh, states like that, they seem to be doing just fine here in California. We finally opened up a little, thank God. Uh, You know, it had nothing to do with the presidential election. Uh, So anyway, I mean, what are your thoughts on that stuff? Uh. You've got common sense prevails in those states. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and they're 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 run by people that listen to the science, not the hype, and they're not complete egomaniacs like the egomaniacs we have running things out here on the West Coast. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, uh, it won't be much longer. We know that because Gavin Newsom's days are numbered. Um, he will be recalled. You, you you were saying that before we recorded. Um, you're a firm believer. I mean, you would bet house money. You would bet everything that he is going to be recalled? The only way he won't is if there's, if, if, if somehow he somehow uh, manipulates the people that, that, that the, the uh, secretary of state, you know, somehow, you know, <laughs> somehow it, it, he, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, if it's done fairly, he's done. Yeah. Or even close to fair, he's done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and if that doesn't happen, then someone then 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 someone's going to torch torch his house. I'll tell you that right now. And that's not a threat. That's <laughs> no. not a threat. I'm not threatening. No, no, that's, no. I'm just predicting. It's not a threat. Okay. <laughs> I don't want the fucking FBI knocking on my door. I'm not threatening him at all. <laughs> but I'm just predicting. Yeah, I got you. Well, you know it's crazy when you know, you are so left that he, so liberal left, whatever that, that even your own supporters hate you. And yeah, I mean, yeah. this entire state, Hey, I can't think of people that are like, you know, Gavin Newsom, give him more time. He'll be okay. Everyone hates him. And, and we know that this state's going to elect, elect a, uh, another Democrat, uh, in this special election, I'm sure. I mean, who do you see is like a, a, the lesser of two evils, Who's who's a Democrat a candidate that you could stomach? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to run again as the uh, left-leaning Republican he was. Uh, so <laughs> who, who does California get as well, the next governor? The one that says he's going to run is Kevin Faulkner, who's the uh, former mayor of San Diego. He says he's a Republican, but he's got a lot of Democratic traits. He, um, he you know... Uh, that's the best you can ask for, really, in California. I mean, really. Well, I heard, I heard Elon Musk's name being thrown around. Oh, he's a Texas native now. He he said well, all over the state. I heard I heard he may he may <laughs> for, for his own interest come in and run the show. And Make if that's the case, back. he's got my vote. I mean, I mean, um, a businessman, uh, a businessman becoming a politician, Bill. That does not sound like it would ever work. Oh wait, no, yes. Oh, it it would. Oh wait. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> goddamn, if uh, if uh, if Richard Ramirez lived and got paroled. I'd vote for Richard Ramirez over fucking <laughs> Gavin Newsom. <laughs> you are the worst. I hate you so much. Oh man, <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Yeah, um, we've already talked about, it, but the hip- the hypocrisy of <laughs> Gavin Newsom. Oh, now it's safe. Wait a minute. I thought there's spikes everywhere, and there's this is as violent as it's ever been, and now all of a sudden, yeah, open up, open up. It's all good now. Brutal. Have you been out to a restaurant, Bill? Have you eaten at a at a patio yet? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, I've, I, yes. I've, I've, you know, I eat, I ate inside the other night at, uh, I got a funny story. Okay. I was inside, um, at, uh, well, Cask and Cleaver here in, here in Rancho's open inside and outside. 
I went by the other night and got a snack over at September's in Rancho okay. inside. All right. Wow. Sitting at a table by myself and having a meal. And the bill comes and the waitress said, your meal was taken care of. I go, what? Yeah. I buy who? And I'm thinking maybe I got a friend in there that I didn't see or something. She pointed to the table. Well, it was a table load of, a, you know, mixed, you know, some couples, some older folks. And I go, well, God, I don't know them. So I go over and uh, I thank them on the way out. I said, thank you. I go, I don't know what I did to deserve this. I go, I hope you think I'm not some homeless guy and need a meal. I go, I was fully well prepared to pay for it. And they said, oh, no, just pay it forward. Thank you very much. Thanks for what you do. I go, well, thank you. I go, that's great. And I introduced myself. And so I go to walk away. And the one guy says, are you going back to Vegas tonight? <laughs> I look at him. And, I, and uh, he thought I was Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. <laughs> yeah. And I go, mm, yeah, I started like, because, you know, that's happened to me before. Yeah, I remember. And I remember, you know, the bill coming and I told her, I told the waitress, I said, $70, I, I can't do 70, 35 is the best I can do. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to have a friend come over and take a look at the bill and, you know. I was with you. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Upland, we right. Oh my goodness. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So I, okay. I've had been, you know, I've been uh, uh, mistaken for him a few times now and I got a free meal out of it. So. I think next Halloween you need a, uh, you know, Rick Harrison, uh, maybe a Pawn Stars uh, t-shirt, uh, polo shirt or something we can find for you. Yeah. And then you can, you can go, you can go as, uh, as, uh, as uh, the kid <laughs> or Chum Lee. You, Chum can, you Lee. can dress as Chum Lee. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Bill Barnes, just doing the Lord's work, getting free meals out there. Uh, mm -hmm. That's hilarious. Well, isn't it funny, Bill, that like, you know, you grow up and you're always like, oh, yeah, you're talking about vacations. Like, oh, yeah, I'd love to go to uh, Florida. I'd love to go to Hawaii or Alaska or all these, you know, all these experiences. Now, Californians, all we talk about is, oh, man, I'd love to go eat at a restaurant again someday. Like, that's our <laughs> that's our big well, ambition. Here we are. We're, we're, we're <laughs> ecstatic that we can that we can go eat a meal in a fucking parking lot now. I know. That is pathetic. I know it's That's so pathetic. Bad. We should be inside. inside. We should be in fucking side. Okay. <laughs> if we can eat a meal inside our own home, we can eat a meal in someone else's home. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's yeah. bullshit. I know. You know, we we're, we should be we should be satisfied with eating in a parking lot. Are you kidding me? What are we? <laughs> what are we? The fucking family fucking pet? You stick a bowl of fucking. Uh, uh, a dog chow in the parking lot when you when you go go to a restaurant and you feed the dog and he's on a leash yeah all we need now is a goddamn leash on us oh bullshit well we've had one for about nine months uh yeah, yeah. well I'm, I'm about fucking fed up and sick and tired of it no more leashes absolutely yeah thank you for your blessing emperor emperor newsome that uh, we can we can <clears throat> uh you know what's the opposite of ambition california that's what i yeah that's the I mean, way we i go, see we can go eat on a sidewalk or eat a parking lot yeah like fucking like common fucking animals i know you know <laughs> but see that's the thing newsom's like well animals don't get this thing let's treat the people like animals and then maybe no. they won't get it brutal yeah, brutal, I mean, brutal again i'm not threatening i'm not threatening him i'm hoping that he well i'm not gonna say it he's just a bad guy <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Yeah. Well done, sir. No more, no more coffee to get you fueled. Okay, Bill, let's move on. Let's, this is the week of the big, the big football game, the whole enchilada, the final football game of the season. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks 
against the Kansas City Chiefs, all kinds of storylines. Uh, but but real quick, Bill, what what are some of your Super Bowl memories? What's the su- first Super Bowl you remember? What's your most memorable Super Bowl? Take us take us through the uh, your life as far as uh, Super vi- Super Bowl viewing. Well, the one that I remember the most, Super Bowl three, when the Jets beat the Colts, because I was a big Joe Namath fan. Loved Joe Namath. You know, I um, I would I would go into my mom's closet and get one of her mink coats and wear it. So I could look like Joe and, you know, Broadway bill. Yeah. So my mom, remember she got mad at me because, you know, I wore it one time. I went outside and I was wearing her mink coat, pretending I was Joe Namath. And I, when I went and put it back, I hung it in the wrong area and she knew that I'd fucked with it. And she was really pissed, really pissed. So uh, anyway, I remember that one. Um, you know, I watched that when I, you know, he guaranteed a victory and sure as shit, he, he, he beat him. Um, I remember the Dolphins Redskins in 72, 73, something like that. When everybody back. thought the Redskins would win, they, they would, they would beat the Dolphins and to, to, uh, to negate their perfect season. And that didn't happen. The Dolphins beat them. That game was at the LA Coliseum. I remember, um, the Raiders, when they beat the the, uh, I was a senior in high school when the Raiders beat the uh, the uh, Vikings. I was happy because I, I was a big Jack Tatum fan. I loved how he came in and just, I mean, if they had the penalty, if, if if targeting was a penalty in those days, <laughs> Tatum Tatum would have never made it out of the first quarter of a game. He'd have been ejected early. I remember he came in and targeted one of the receivers for the for the uh, Vikings and you know, blew his helmet off. That was just fantastic. Uh, so, you know, and then throughout the years, you know, you watch him. And I remember uh, uh, the, um, the game where the, uh, I believe the Giants beat the, the, the Patriots a few years ago. That was a good one. The und- which one? It's happened twice. The undefeated one or the... Uh... Both. The undefeated one and uh, where... One of the best calls in Super Bowl history was made by my good friend Laird Hayes as a side judge on, right. a, pa- on a pass uh, between uh, a tiptoe uh, catch at the uh, sideline and Laird just right on it, got it right. Great call. Great call. I remember telling Dale Williams that um, later. I go, hey, did you see that call Laird made? He goes, ah, routine. Anybody can make that call. <laughs> Wasn't said, Laird... Didn't he work at like Orange Coast College or something? Orange Coast. He was the soccer coach at Orange Coast I, College. I, yeah, and, and surfing. And guess what? He was a professor there in physical education, and he, he taught one subject: sailing. Sailing. That's right. I used to call him. I used to call him. Hey, Christopher Cross. How are you? <laughs> and a Super Bowl uh, official. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the best. What do you remember? Uh, as far as Super Bowls, did you start watching the officials uh, more or, you know, paying attention to Super Bowl assignments when you were officiating? Or did you ever care about that stuff before you started refereeing? Not really. I remember watching um, the first time I really watched him was, you know, because my friend Al Jury worked his first Super Bowl in 85, 86. Same first Super Bowl as Dale Williams. And I remember watching those guys work that when when they when uh, Chicago blew out New England. I remember watching those guys work um, that. 
you know, when I first started umpiring baseball, you know, there's that crossover baseball, yeah. football. And I remember watching them then. And, um, <clears throat> and I, I always thought how pressure packed it must be to work those games. And, you know, they, I, I'm sure they are, but now you've got, now you have replay back then you didn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, Al told me, he goes, he goes, the penalties we call in a regular season game, we wouldn't call in a Super Bowl. Let them play. <laughs> Let them play. I, I like that. I agree with that. Yeah. I try to get the, uh, get the alligators and let the lizards go. You know what I mean? So, uh, good stuff. Well, um, do you remember, so you said there was a few Super Bowls played at like the Coliseum, obviously mm-hmm. the one in the nineties played, a uh, early nineties, uh, at the Rose Bowl. I mean, I haven't experienced that really as an adult or a, or a young kid when Super Bowls are played here in, La, in the Los Angeles area. What What is it like? Because I believe next year, uh, SoFi Stadium will host the Super Bowl here in L.A. What if, is it if, like? If we're allowed, to, if we're allowed to, to attend games. We will. We will by then. They'll be, everything will be back to normal next year. Uh, yeah, don't hold your breath. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold my breath a little. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Super Bowl. What is, in previous years, what has it been like when the Super Bowl is here in L.A.? Do you, do you feel it, uh, feel the experience, or were you too far away from it to kind of know that it was going on? Too far away. You didn't yeah. know what was going on. You, you just, you know, watch the hype on TV. and um, But now, you know, it's um, – I remember the, la- uh, the, the only time the, – the, the closest time a home team came other than Tampa Bay this year playing in their home stadium was the Rams in 1980 hosted uh, Pittsburgh, but it was at the Rose Bowl. Right up the street. So you, had, but, you had a hometown. You had a hometown effect, but not your home field, because they were, they were, uh, they were in the, uh, you know, at that time they played in. in I believe it, that was their first year in Angel Stadium, or it was going to be their first year. Um, oh, really? Huh. Next year, yeah. In Anaheim, Anaheim and the Coliseum, yeah. Two, two great places. Well, well, Bill, what do you make of this year's Super Bowl matchup? We talked about it a little bit last week um, with Tom Brady going to his 10th, Patrick Mahomes taking the Chiefs in back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, really good, intriguing matchup. I mean, uh, your boy Bruce Arians versus uh, Andy Reid. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of elements going into this game here. And and Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes, though, is probably the uh, the big headline. Yeah, well, you know, if Bruce can can stay alive, for the whole game and not drop of a heart attack. That'll be a win for him. You know, he, he always looks like he's one breath away from having a stroke. He's just got that, that look to him. Like he is not a healthy guy. And, you know, I wish, I wish he'd get in better shape because, uh, you know, he seems like a pretty decent guy, but, um, and then, you know, Andy Reid, I mean, he's no pillar of health either. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, 20 coaching 20 hours a day will do that to you, Bill. I mean, you know, you uh, coming in the office early, going home late. I mean, trying to, to pick apart every single detail of what might happen in a game is got to be uh, nerve wracking. And I've heard I've heard Arians, though, he likes he likes to have a cocktail around 6 p.m. Though, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, yeah you can tell. Look at him. <laughs> he looks he looks sauced about three quarters of the time. Well, that's probably why he's always like, throw it deep. Just throw it deep. Throw it deep. We like the long ball here. Uh, I, I am impressed with Tom Brady and Bruce Arians' ability to kind of coexist. 
um, because it sounds like Brady was tired of, I don't know, all the restriction, all the different policies in New England. He seems to have uh, really uh, done done well here in Tampa Bay with with this new environment. Do you think Do you think New England that 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 whole environment just became, I don't know, it the, the story became old. It became just too weird to be no, around I anymore. I think he looked, He wanted to look for a place for his family to move to. Yeah, and take his take his uh, dog and pony show down to Florida, and have a challenge to him. You know, um, as long as he was in New England, I think you know Belichick is, you know, probably the lead story, and Tom is you know, not the complete lead story. In Tampa Bay, it's all Tom. Mm-hmm. Well, and I- it's a better fit, and you know, it's time to move on. Plus, the money they gave him was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah i guess so he's get bill he's gonna play past 45 he's gonna keep playing yeah he, he's not done i mean he said he's gonna play till 45 i bet he plays longer than that the guy is just driven to to, to win and, and play and- well he he has he has peaked late in life with his physical well-being his mental well-being i mean he never really did shit as a kid mm-hmm. he was a lank, lanky fat fuck couldn't run fast. And he finally got him, got himself in shape, you know, when he got to new England, you know, he, I mean, was, wasn't he a backup at Michigan? Yeah. His story at Michigan is really interesting. The fact that he was behind drew Henson, uh, his, he, he didn't play for three years. He got, he, he played like uh, split time at quarterback his senior year and uh, just, just hung in there. Kept. And, and if, yeah. And if it wasn't for drew Bledsoe getting hurt, Right? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he should name his kid Drew. All the Drews <laughs> that have fucked up in front of him, and he's benefited from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's 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 you a know? good point. Never thought about that. Definitely. Uh, well, Bill, what do you see in this game? If you got to be honest, who who do you see coming out uh, victorious? Do you think a blowout? Do you think a, uh, a close game? What are your thoughts? Close game, and Tampa wins it uh, probably in the last shit thirty seconds. What what gives you uh, confidence they will do it over Kansas City, or is it just a shot in the dark? I have no confidence in, at all. It's just a shot in the dark. Okay. If their defense can keep uh, Mahomes under wraps a little bit, they'll have a really good shot. <laughs> keep at, Mahomes uh, under 400 yards, and you should be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I said uh, 32, 33-31 Tampa Bay was my <laughs> my prediction for the game. Uh, I said that on Monday and I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Yes. That's I'm going to go 40, 40, 38, something like that. Oh, okay. 40, 38 Tampa Bay. What, what's the over under on this? About 61, 62. Uh, <clears throat> I will look right now. Oh, Bill, I forgot. Yeah. We wanted to get to something. Um, <laughs> as I look at my phone here that uh, you brought up. Yes. That uh, we will finish off with here. Uh, let's see here. The over under NFL. Super Bowl. I think, yeah, Kansas City is uh, plus, minus, favored. Kansas City's favored by three. And uh, not that, uh, you know, B- Bill, neither you you nor I are gambling men, but but it's, it's, no. it's always fun to look at the uh, the information. Over-under is 56 and a half. Okay. All right. I'm gonna, I would take, I would go, I would go Tampa and the over. Tampa with points or to, well, to win, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And the over. I like it. So for for you guys out there listening to Bill's picks. Okay, Bill, we almost forgot. Uh, there was something that came up in Virginia that you wanted to mention. Well, um, 
it goes, I think it's countrywide, and especially out here in Los Angeles, is you've got these teachers unions that are, are uh, pivoting on uh, being able to stay home and do their, their um, uh, Zoom classrooms. I think they kind of like that. Uh, I don't think they want to go back to work and their unions are fighting that they should be vaccined before they go back to work. And these teachers unions are completely out of fucking control when it comes to what they want and what, the, I mean, it's been shown that the safest place to be for kids and adults is in school. Mm-hmm. And if they want to open up schools, let's go. And teachers or unions are so powerful now. And these school boards are so fucked up that they are hesitating to do this. And last week, a angry father at a meeting in, I believe it was either Virginia or Maryland, voiced his displeasure at the school board. And he speaks for probably every concerned parent of a public school educated kid. And this is what he said. Okay, here we go. Brandon Michon. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system figure it out or get off the podium because you know what there are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out it's not a high bar raise the freaking bar wow Raise the bar, yeah. Bill. Raise, Raise the, bar. the bar. Figure it Come out. On, figure it out. Oh, I love that guy. Wow. I'd have a beer with that guy for sure. I, 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 yes, absolutely. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> I mean, my, if that doesn't, I mean, if that doesn't want to make you run, go run through a brick wall right now, I don't know what would. Wow. I love it. Yeah. He's right. Garbage men picking up uh, trash. Figure it out. Figure it out, man. Come on, meat. That's unbelievable, or not unbelievable. It's fact. <laughs> uh, Bill, before we go, that that is, yeah, we do I mean, need to figure it out. What else needs to be said? I mean, man, what a way, what a, yeah, figure it out. I love the energy, man. We need more of that. Raise the bar. Raise the bar. bar to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> raise the bar. <laughs> not much of a bar to begin with. Uh, Bill, real quick, we had a couple questions from our good friend, Todd Carson, if you'd like to. Okay, uh, yeah. Give, a, give a quick answer. Love it. Um. Uh, Todd's question to you is, uh, do do you think Brady has to win this Super Bowl to be considered the GOAT? No. Agreed. No. He's proven himself. Absolutely not. Yeah. It just getting just getting here is is uh, recognition enough. He does not have to win. No. Agreed. Ten Super Bowls and six victories. I mean, yeah, that, yeah it goes without saying. I agree. And then um, I don't, we didn't make a list beforehand, so this is off the top of our head. But uh, he was curious in uh, 
you know, your top 10 quarterbacks of all time. And, and maybe some of mine, uh, maybe we don't go in order or anything, but we just throw out a few names. I know you're a big Joe Namath guy. Who else, Bill? I like Joe because Joe, Joe, you know, he, he, he set the bar. Okay. <laughs> he raised the bar <laughs> back in the early days. Yeah. All right. Um, he would be just a mediocre, you know, drop back. I mean, his brand of quarterback nowadays, he wouldn't last. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no. Uh, you know, you got to put Brady up there. You got to put uh, Joe Montana. Mm. You got to put, um, you know, big game quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning was pretty damn good. Um, you got to go with. Uh, I like, I like a few guys that did not win Super Bowls. Dan Marino, uh, Dan Marino Jim Kelly. Yes. Just a, just an animal. Um, I'm a little biased here, but Kurt Warner taking two of the worst franchises of all time to Super Bowls. I think that's a big achievement coming out of nowhere. Um, you know who was a damn good quarterback? And he always would fuck the uh, Houston Oilers, which were one of my favorite teams. Was you know, And he was good. Terry, Terry uh, Bradshaw was a good quarterback. Oh, yeah. Damn good quarterback. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. And he would always, always stick it up the Oilers' ass every time they played in the championship game. Because I was a big Oilers fan. I liked my my old my old buddy Dan Pastorini. God bless him. You know, he uh, all the times he's been hit and sacked. I'm surprised he's still playing with a full deck. Um, you know, he I loved Dante. He was great. Um, he came out to he came out and finished his career with the Rams and was completely dog shit. Remember that? Shocker. You were too young. You were too no, young. Too you, young you weren't young, even probably. born yet. You weren't uh, even born yet. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, him. I mean, you got to go. Uh, John Elway. I like John Elway quite a bit. Yeah. Even before he won yeah. the Super Bowls at the end. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He, John Elway was pretty darn good. Um, but you got to put Brady. Brady. I'm going Brady in Montana. One, two. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, Montana was like set the bar, even though him and Bradshaw each had four Super Bowls. It was kind of the mm-hmm. way in which uh, Joe did it over the years, right? Having all the mm-hmm. comebacks and everything. Yeah. Having guys like Jerry Rice and Lynn Swan sure help. Um, but let's see anybody else, any, any other old school guys? I mean, I didn't know much about him, but I've heard Johnny Unitas was quite a stud. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, one guy that was, I'm not going to put him like in the top, whatever, but he was just a tough, tough old dude. He could withstand an ass kicking was uh, a former Ram Roman Gabriel. Roman Gabriel. Yes, sir. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Absolutely. I saw him in a bar in Long Beach and he was, I've never seen a person so drunk, but could still make sense of, of, of himself. That guy, he was something else. Roman Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, the he was Ra- at Legends. He was at Legends in Long Beach. It was like three in the afternoon and he was just gassed. <laughs> oh, he, he is quite a story too from uh, look, looking and looking up him uh, or reading up on him a little he, bit. Uh, he, he was the football coach at Cal Poly Pomona. Yeah. Before they, before they, they shit can football, he lost a game a hundred to six. <laughs> Stop it. What? Look it up. No wonder he was drinking so much. Oh my <laughs> he lost a hundred to six. That should be, that should be a rule for any football program. If you give up a hundred points, we're shutting your program down. Well, they pretty much did after that. Way to go Broncos. Oh, I get Roman Gabriel. Wow. Look um, it up. hundred to will. six. Oh man. Uh, Brett. Brett Favre comes to mind. Uh, he oh, was yeah, fun to watch, sure. played forever. 
Um, and then, uh, man, we were blessed in the, in the nineties with some great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And you know what, right now there's some really good quarterbacks that are going to, uh, have great careers. Patrick Mahomes, I think when it's all said and done, will be, uh, someone that we rave about. So, well, uh, Bill, uh, I appreciate your time here on Tuesday morning. You got, uh, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you got? What do you got to do now? Any, any big activities planned? My day's over. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> I'm going back to bed and I'll get up about six. Um, you know, have some dinner and then go back to bed. There's nothing to do. Oh man. Eat and sleep. That's uh, the Bill Barnes motto. I love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Any parting thoughts, words of wisdom? No. Um, let's, let's hope for a good competitive football game. And, and by, 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 for God's sakes, do not gather, do not have a Super Bowl party. Do not gather with anyone, with any friends. We live in the Soviet communist block of the United States now, <laughs> and you're not allowed to have fun to have a Super Bowl party, to go out and gather. In fact, if you go to a bar in LA, an outdoor venue, and TVs aren't allowed. I saw that. No TVs, TVs allowed. aren't allowed. What kind of fucking bullshit country do we live in? <laughs> that will save lives, Bill. Because people then want to go throw. I want to go throw a TV through Garcetti's window <laughs> and say, "Here's your fucking television, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy." Yeah, the the logic of this of this crap, Bill. Like, oh well, people people won't sit there long if there's no TV. Okay, so you want fresh bodies to roll in? Is that what you're saying? Like, we can argue your logic all day. No TVs out in outdoor dining. Way to way to continue to cripple these restaurants. Way to go. It's it's just it's um, it, 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 there needs to be a revolution. Oh, we tried that. Okay, what's next? <laughs> what's next? What's next? I, I don't know. California. Uh, California is going to explode here. I mean, this, yeah. how much more can, can, how much more pressure and bad stuff can, can this state take? I mean, it's no longer the golden state is the uh, uh, cubic zirconium state. <laughs> I don't know. It's something bad. It's the golden state. All right. The golden shower state. That's what's <laughs> being sprayed on us daily. Just when you think it can't, can't get worse. Just wake up. Yeah. Tomorrow. Okay. All right. My, here's Later, my party. Raise the bar. Raise the bar. Come on, me. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bill. Talk to you next All week. Right. All right. See ya. Well, thank you, Bill, for making everybody's Wednesday a little bit better. People tune in to hear you, to hear you rant and rave, and you haven't uh, ticked off enough people yet. So I, I think maybe you got to work a little bit harder uh, to to uh, be more aggressive in your in your insight and your thoughts out here. But maybe next week uh, you'll really bring it. Really appreciate it, Bill. Uh, fun times as always chatting with you about randomness and sports and just current events. And uh, I think it's good for both of us really to let off uh, some steam on uh, Wednesdays or Tuesday mornings, whenever we end up recording. But uh, thanks again, Bill, for another great episode of the weekly Wednesday weigh in with Bill Barnes. Okay, guys. Well, that will wrap up today's show. Uh, I will tell you today about our guest on Friday. We've been doing a new format, right? Where we do sports talk, usually with me and my brother on Mondays, Bill Barnes on Wednesdays, of course, is uh, that's his time slot. And on Fridays, we reserve it for kind of a new special guest, a uh, mystery guest, if you will, uh, just having a conversation with somebody, a lot of real Hondo prep people, a lot of sports officials. Those are just the people that I know, but uh, you guys seem to really enjoy it. And I, I'm trying hard to find new and new, uh, you know, more, more new faces, new voices, uh, new people to chat, chat with. So, uh, you know, we, we continue to do that. And I'm very proud of uh, last Friday's guest, as well as this Friday's guest. We're going to have back to back 
pastors on the program. Last week we had Pastor Chris Horton from Care Youth Church. And on this Friday, we are going to be joined by Dave Carson Jr., the third Carson brother, the oldest of the Carson men. Uh, he is going to, uh, well, you guys, we, he and I already recorded, but you guys will hear our conversation. Uh, really fun time catching up with Mr. Carson. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Mr. Carsons. I, I refer, you know, Todd and Mark, they're, they're my good friends now, but Mr. Dave Carson Jr., he will always be Mr. Carson to me. Um, his story is great. He chats about how he was kind of uh, changed. He was an aggressive uh, adolescent, we'll say, and then uh, blossomed and, and matured and became this uh, great man of God and uh, has changed a lot of lives uh, out there in Cary Youth League. Um, you know, my good friend Fred Monteblanco could always raves about Dave Carson Jr. and, and the great impact he had on him. And there's just countless other young men out there that uh, Dave Carson has uh, had an impact on. So he is joining us Friday. Uh, or I'm sorry, once again, you will hear our episode on Friday. Uh, just a fun time catching up with Mr. Carson. Uh, we'll chat about being outdoors, uh, Mount Care, summer trips, uh, just all kinds of fun stuff, getting the fields ready. And, and kind of what it was like having younger brothers, uh, Todd Carson and Mark Carson as well. So a lot to catch up on. And I hope you guys will join us on Friday for a really fun conversation with uh, Dave Carson Jr. Been waiting a long time to get him on the program. And I was able to record with him last week. So uh, you guys will enjoy this on Friday. I promise you that. Another uh, another fun Friday conversation on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast, as you are well aware. Most of you, anyway. Uh, our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, so send in some questions, content suggestions, whatever the case is. We'd love to hear from you, uh, just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here on the Get Home Safe Podcast. If you're on social media, please give us a like, give us a follow. We greatly appreciate it, and you can usually see episodes released there. On our social media platforms, you can also get in touch with us there if uh, you don't want to send an email, but an email is a great way for us to uh, keep track of everything. Additionally, there are some uh, links in the episode notes where you can leave a voice message if you like, have your voice heard, much like a caller calling into a program here on the Get Home Safe podcast. We love our listeners. We love the interaction. So we hope we hear from you guys uh, and, and your content and suggestions and just, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? Maybe maybe give some feedback on some of the things you hear on here. We love hearing back from a lot of you guys who continue to participate and uh, it, it's, it is not uh, unnoticed by any means. Uh, greatly appreciated. Anyway, guys, a fun episode with Bill. That'll wrap things up today. Thanks for joining us on the Wednesday episode and the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. I'm out of breath. It's late at night on Tuesday night. Enough out of me. I know you guys have uh, plenty of better things to do, but thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us again on Friday. Guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>